0: all right all right right. this is christian hannah hara and you're watching a brand new episode you need a hara podcast let me start with the guy immediately if you're looking at this to my right my partner nick what's up nick
1: what's up man how you doing
0: I could go into a massive diatribe about how sh- yeah, crap I wanted to just, I wanted to say a different word but I'm trying to be PG how bad everything's been but this is part of being an adult it sucks life sucks as Vince McMahon said life sucks and then you die.
1: <laughs> yes sir. But at
0: the yeah at the same time dude I'm good. Um So yeah, uh we're we're going to we're going to keep this train rolling. Piz, man. How are you doing? doing very well doing very well sorry
2: to hear about your uh your ac man i've been there i know i know all about those issues
0: why is it got to be so expensive like you know just bringing them out there that'd be four hundred dollars dude you haven't done anything yet (laughs) you just showed up (laughs) well they i mean that's you
2: know it's just one of those it's one of the um one of the
0: finer parts of being a homeowner yeah i gotta get in a different business i'll tell you that right now man Mm. But Piss, I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while, man. Everybody's been real busy. Everybody's been doing their thing. How how has everything been the last couple of weeks? Good. Things have been good. Yeah. What kind of yeah. shirt are you rocking today?
2: Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night.
0: Oh, very. Oh, nice. I know yeah, Nick.
1: I saw
2: that.
0: Nick picked that as uh, we did our previous episode was like a poster episode, and Nick had that in his uh top ten favorite posters.
2: Oh, great poster! Great poster. Yeah.
0: But Love yeah, it. man. <clears throat> so today, guys, uh, the the name of this episode unless I change my mind, it's called getting lost in the lost boys. And <laughs> like I was telling Piz before we went live, I mean, I'll pr- I'm probably going to do a lot of listening on this because I know that Piz is, this is one of your, this is one of your favorite movies. Am I right? Uh, yes. Without a doubt. It's, um, it's,
2: it's one of the two movies I've seen the most in my life. This and oh, Jaws.
0: Excellent. And, and Nick, I feel like you're close to this same i'm mean, right like uh, lost boys is one of your i mean you go back with this movie
1: uh this was one of the this was my introduction to Kiefer sutherland um this was probably probably is one of my mom's top five favorite movies of all time uh it was a movie that was on our bookshelf growing up i watched it all the time uh this Friday night in salem's lot I, you know, I, I struggle with internally of my favorite vampire movie ever, but, uh, yeah, I definitely have quite the affinity for this movie and, uh, showed it to my fiance for the first time on Saturday night. She'd never seen it. And like periodically throughout the movie, she's like giggling and I'm like, oh God, she thinks it's cheesy. Like she's not gonna (laughs) like it. And then afterwards she goes, I really liked that. I was like, wow. Okay, cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm refreshed on it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I go way back. I love, I love this movie. I probably don't know half as much as Piz knows about it, um, but I love it, love it.
0: Yeah, and what's really cool about this? This is why I wanted to do this. You know, I could have said, "Hey, let's do, let's do, uh, Fright Night," or let's do Near Dark, which I'm so glad Near Dark finally hit Shutter. For those who haven't seen it yet, it's for some reason a hidden gem, even though it's got some of the greatest actors from that era: Bill Paxton, Lance Henriksen, who's my king. It's on Shudder, and it hasn't been on home video in a while. Go watch Near Dark. It's a contender, I tell you. But the reason I wanted to do Lost Boys is because, guys, I never grew up with this movie. I'm just going to be honest with you. I didn't see this movie until probably I was 22, 23, and it's just one of those movies, you know, you can't see everything in your life. You know, sometimes movies just pass you by, and you don't see them. Lost Boys was one of them, and I like this movie a lot, but I noticed the people, it seems like the people that grew up with this film there is a kinship that it's not that i can't understand it cuz i totally understand it but i can't have with it and i'm jealous about that i really want to i feel like this movie's in your blood your bloodstream in a sense and i don't have that and i really want to explore that because i feel when you watch this movie at a young age cuz t- tell me i'm wrong i mean when you watch this movie at a young age it was probably an experience on many levels right i mean what was the first time first time you saw lost boys or heard about I, it even
2: i don't I- had. I had to have rented it from, there was a little Ma and Paw uh, convenience store across the street from where I grew up and they rented videos. And that's where I rented a lot of my, you know, the, that was where I rented a lot of the first Friday the 13th movies that I watched. That's where I rented a lot of movies just in general. And um, I'm pretty sure I rented it from there or somebody, my grandmother, my mother rented it for me. But um it became a movie that I rented there literally on, it it seemed like a weekly basis. I remember at one point I was homesick from school and my grandmother went and rented The Lost Boys for me as if it would make me feel better. (laughs) Um, But I I don't remember the first time I watched it. I just remember being completely enamored with, right off the bat, you've got that awesome music and you've got that beautiful shot of the ocean. And it's just, it's great music. Lots of style, the look, the the, the 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 everything about that movie just I don't know just spoke
0: to me as a kid. And w- when you saw it, I mean, was it a blind watch? Did you know anything about it? Because the title is so unsuspecting, in a sense, you know what I mean. The Lost Boys—that could be anything. That could be a western. That could be a an action film. That could, you know, you know what I mean. What do you remember? Do you remember the mindset when you first watched? Obviously, you were a little sick, but. I don't remember I don't remember the very that wasn't the first time I saw it when
2: I was sick. That was just um that was just like, hey, he's sick, let's go rent him the lost boys, that'll make him feel better. Um that was my grandmother's mindset. <laughs> um I don't remember the first time I watched it. I do I, I do remember thinking about the the title being like the Lost Boys. What does that mean? And you know, I, I don't know even if, if at the time if I knew if i was even familiar with like you know peter pan and the lost boys from peter pan and I, I i probably was but i i don't really remember it's been so long ago
0: and like does the movie scare the does it scare the hell out of you as a kid do you would do you have no. any no it didn't scare me at
2: all i i i loved it because it was just like um everybody in it just looked so cool. They were wearing cool clothes and they had cool hair and they were riding cool motorcycles and they were also vampires. And what's not cool about that? I mean, it was just, it was every, everything about that movie was just so cool to me. Um I, I don't know. It, it just, um,
0: it, it sank its teeth into me. Yeah. And, we'll cut we're gonna move forward as we get older with you with this movie we're gonna talk about how sure. this movie sticks with you how often you want to revisit it nick what about you how, how young were you when you saw the lost Boys?
1: um i want to say because i can i remember the the house we lived in when i first saw it so i was probably nine um and my mom she would always sing cry little sister like it was like because my mom she can sing and you know she's always walking around the house when i'm a kid singing songs she's always singing that song and um you know she's like i want to i she picked it up uh she didn't rent it she bought it somewhere she bought the dvd somewhere uh maybe at a bookstore or something and when we were out she was like i gotta show you guys this movie like you'll love it and i remember asking her like am i gonna be afraid of this like this is a vampire movie like i don't, I don't know she's like no no it's not scary and um Kind of like what Piz said at the very beginning, like, just the opening with, like, the ocean and and um, uh, the the music and just kind of getting caught up in the hoobla and everything that's going on in the opening scene and stuff. It just kind of draws you in. Like, you're just kind of like, okay, like, this is, like, I, I this is cool, and um, I remember just watching it, and I always, like... Um, I obviously growing up, I thought Star was like gorgeous. Jamie Gertz, like I thought she was so hot. Um, and uh, I also, um, I always loved the character of Michael and, uh, you know, the two Corys and stuff. I'd already seen Goonies and stuff. So it was cool to see Corey Feldman. Um, but yeah, that's that's the first time I remember seeing it. And uh, I think the only part that scared me even mildly in the movie the first time I saw it was when they're hanging upside down um and uh the frog brothers stab the first one with the stake and then you have uh um uh, david like open his eyes and you know like um start they're all freaking out and stuff and uh that was the only part that ever really creeped me out but um yeah i always just was from the very beginning, like, and I was a, I was like a rocker type of kid. Like that's, you know, when I was 10 years old, the albums I had were like White Zombie and like Metallica and stuff. So like this kind of like 80s rock soundtrack was like, oh yeah, like I, yeah, I, I love this. I can, I can get down to this. And, you know, Cry Little Sister is actually probably one of my favorite songs ever. So, uh, and that's obviously because of the movie, but yeah, that, that was the first, you know, my first impressions of the movie. And, um, as time has gone on, man, it's just been one of those movies that I, I I don't ever watch it and feel like, man, what, you know, why did I love this so much? I I don't, some movies I do have that. Um, this isn't one of those movies. This is one of those movies where it just kind of transports me back to, you know, being a kid and watching it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just remember from that point forward, grabbing that DVD off the shelf, leaving it in my room for months at a time so i could just watch it whenever i wanted to because it was one of those movies for me that i just kept watching so um but yeah yeah that's that's my i think earliest memory of it
0: yeah very cool so so let's kind of move a little bit ahead you know so suppose you see this movie at a young age is it this is is this a movie that you know you periodically can't help but revisit is it a movie is it a would this become a comfort movie for you in a sense, you know, a movie that you throw on when you don't know what to watch kind of thing?
2: Uh, It certainly became that. Yeah. I mean, um, from renting it so often from that video store to it constantly being on cable television, it it seems like that seemed, it seems to me like that movie was just all the time on TBS, TNT USA. It was just everywhere. That movie was all uh, on all the time and I couldn't help but watch at least most of it whenever it was on. Um, just because I mean, yeah, it it, it was a, a comfort movie, sure, but it was just one of those movies that I know that I could t- turn on at any time, and be totally entertained by a- and, and kind of even be transported back a little bit, I guess to, you know, I mean, I can't think of that m- movie and not think of my grandmother who's no longer with us. Um, so I mean, it, it, there's also a lot of a lot of memories. Uh, attached to that movie
0: did you ever get the uh i think you have it now but was this a movie that you were like oh i gotta have the because the poster even though it's simple and it kind of like <laughs> uh started the show Your like the characters facing the camera on a poster kind of thing it has this really vibrant red to it was this a movie that you're like i gotta have the poster for this yeah i know you have it now but do you remember getting it back then
2: or not 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 back then no um i didn't necessarily need the poster but i did need i, I, I know i owned a movie on vhs i know i owned it on dvd uh-huh. uh, at least a couple of times on dvd and then of course blu-ray and so I, i've owned it on pretty much not every format but pretty pretty close i guess didn't get the LaserDisc, okay. no laser
0: disc but no laserdisc <laughs> I don't think i have that one either i was about to say just <laughs> I've got a I've got Fright Night, but I don't have Near Dark or or uh, the Lost Boys. Uh, Piss, let me ask you this: um, Wikipedia calls the Lost Boys a teen black comedy horror film. What do you? Do, what, what would be your uh, genre name, as specific or non-specific as you want to be, or do you or do you agree with that? I don't know if I would call
2: it them- a black humor. I don't know if I'd I mean, it's, it's definitely humorous. There's, there's humorous moments, but it's, I wouldn't not, not, not that kind of humor. No, not at all. And um, I, I mean, they, there, it was an R rated movie too. So, I mean, maybe late teens. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't equate, I wouldn't put the teen title into it either. Um, I mean, I guess I would just call it a horror movie um, as simple as that. But, yeah, i don't i don't i don't get the the black comedy part of it i guess maybe they whoever wrote that they they saw the very end of it and they're like oh that's kind of funny all the damn vampires yeah that's kind of funny
1: <laughs> yeah grandpa he was he was the whole reason they they called it a black comedy
0: <laughs> yeah nick what, what do you think about that with wikipedia calling it a teen let me let me just make sure i'm reading this right no you Lost are. boys uh, 1987 teen black comedy horror film yeah that's what they have
1: yeah um No, I don't agree with the black comedy part of it either, because I don't think that the um, uh, gore or um, macabre nature of the film is um, humorous, nor do I think they try to make it humorous. So I wouldn't call it that Uh, if anything, you'd call it a horror movie, but you could also call it some kind of, you know, sort of kind of like a fantasy movie uh, in in ways Um, because, you know, it's it's very fantastical in certain ways and you know part of that is like one of the beautiful things that schumacher did which was to you know have these the pov of the flying vampires but you never really see that so that's just kind of left to your imagination like are they i mean you know a casual viewer would be like are they bats (laughs) that you know like you get from your old classic vampire movies are these dudes just literally floating around like you don't really see it much uh so yeah, there, there's there's some fantasy elements to it, but I think, you know, more or less just a horror movie.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think they I think that I think most horror is sort of considered like it's targeted toward a teen audience anyway, which isn't I guess is true and and is true to some degree. So
1: Yeah. What about you, Christian? What would you consider it?
0: this is where it's interesting i wanted to ask you guys this first of all uh this is going to sound kind of weird but again when i when i got this movie i bought it on dvd at a at a place called game exchange back in 2012 or 11 basically it's a video game store but people bring their movies there and you can get you buy three dvds for 4.95 you get one free so i could go in there and get a bunch of movies and I remember picking up the the lost boys I, th- I believe my wife was with me we were just dating at the time and I believe she was like hey you should get that that's a vampire movie and I was like oh I don't know uh, the cover she goes just get it and so I remember I watched it and I'm, I rem- I never disliked this movie at all um and when I got done watching it I subconsciously told myself I didn't know Steven Spielberg made that movie because I thought it was a Steven Spielberg movie. Am I was I you think I was kind of out of line for thinking that because I do feel the movie has a bit of a uh, like a prestige shine. Not necessarily a shine, but like it's extremely like just well made and it seems very expensive and very thematic and coming of age even. I mean, am I out of line for thinking that? Yeah. You think? Well, it
2: did have I mean, Richard Donner did produce it. Richard Donner was going to direct it. Back when it was little kid vampires, but then he kind of, he uh, didn't, but uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely a very slickly made, you know, well-produced movie. I don't know if I would, I don't think it necessarily looks like a Steven Spielberg movie, but yeah, there, like, there are those coming of age kind of, th- I, the original idea for the Lost Boys was basically the Goonies, but they're vampires. That was the original Sort of thought behind the Lost Boys, so maybe some of that still kind of carried over into the you know the more adult or, or, or teen vampire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely a very well made, slickly made, stylish, well produced, big budget
0: Warner Brothers movie. Yeah, and I guess you know not knowing. I mean, we talked about this on Region Free. Not knowing really Richard Donner, the most like non-famous famous person ever, who did these amazing movies, and I feel ashamed that I just I didn't. We I think I even made a joke. He's a multimillionaire, but he can go to the grocery store and get Slim Jims and Diet Cokes, and nobody would <laughs> recognize him, kind of thing. At least the average person, right? Uh, I didn't know who sh- I didn't know a Schumacher, I didn't know a Donner yet, or even though you said he didn't do it, but like I guess. I just assigned, I I wouldn't know who else would have made that movie. So I was like, Oh, I thought that was a Steven Spielberg movie. Then I did some research, but, uh, yeah, I always saw it, um, as like this coming of age movie because they, I mean the, the, the relationship with the kids and the mom, that's, that's what I took away the most from that movie. And even though I was an adult, I was a young adult when I saw it. And that's really what I, uh, got from that movie more than anything was, was relationships and dealing with relationships and things like that. And, uh, yeah, that's why when I think of The Lost Boys, you know, sure, it's a vampire movie, but it's not... When you think of Fright Night, that movie, to me, is a direct uh, homage or a tribute to Dracula. The movie is so focused on Chris Sarandon as, like, this maniac... He's he's the king. He's, he is the the vampire. But this movie, man, there's a lot going on. And uh, I don't know, Piz, am I wrong for thinking that this movie really changed the course for what vampires, you know could be in movies and what they did because I, I i don't know that there's a buffy the vampire slayer without lost boys or or there movies kind of like that you know mm-hmm. i feel like this movie really busted the door down and it made made this a almost a fashion not necessarily fashion in a veiny sense but you know what i mean like it's man i mean it really vampires could be personable and they could be human and they can have feelings you know what i mean go ahead yeah. Vamp- vampires
2: could be Sexy. They could be sexy teens with uh, great hair and great, great clothes, driving uh, motorcycles. They didn't need to be the, you know, the 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 guy in the gothic castle with, uh, you know, with 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 all with that kind of aesthetic. Which was kind of, I don't remember a vampire movie before uh, the Lost Boys. I, I know there were some um, that sort of made. I'm trying to think, uh, what year did, uh, I think those were post Lost Boys, movies like Graveyard Shift and Dance of the Damned and movies that tried to make the vampire sexy and, you know, like this lovelorn, lonely, world-weary creature instead of just, you know, the monster. Um, but yeah, I think the Lost Boys definitely said, you know, vampires can be sexy and vampires can be young and hip and, you know, they don't need to be in the, in the Gothic castle
0: anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly the movie that you would agree. Probably, it's it's the one that that it may not have been the first to to do it, but it it's certainly the one that changed the rules and changed the game, oh, so sure. to speak. Oh sure, you know, yeah. Nick, would you agree with that? You think that Lost Boys really kind of changed the course of really history I mean, with vampires?
1: Without without question, I mean, and and it's kind of remarkable to think of the when you think back to the risks that schumacher took because he is on record as saying it was him that was like i want sexy flashy um teenage edgy vampires that's what he wanted um and you know pitching that to a studio at the time probably you know i maybe that's part of the reason this movie languished for so long i don't i don't think it was the reason though because it languished, and that's why Donner eventually went on to do Lethal Weapon and handed the reins over to Schumacher. But, um, you know, it it's not an easy pitch because um, it hadn't been done before, and uh, you know there was, I think, like you said, up to that point, and I mean, p- Piz, when you say like it basically made it to where the vampire didn't have to live in the Gothic castle. That's what you thought about. You know, you think about Dracula, Um, you think about Salem's lot you think about fright night, you, you don't, you, you didn't have this yet. So I would definitely say, yeah, I, I, I hadn't seen anything pre lost boys that would have said, Oh, this was the movie that changed the game. No, it was, I would, I would say it's lost boys. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think so too. Now, when you, when you, when you take a movie, one of my things, I I, I say this jokingly, but I'd be lying if I, if I didn't mean it, a great soundtrack can give about any horror movie a pass for me. Um, you know, shocker. I, I love, I was just, I just talked about shocker, uh, on my channel. I think it's a pretty good movie, but it's an amazing movie because you've got Iggy Pop, the dudes of wrath, Alice Cooper, Paul Stanley, Desmond Child, uh, bonfire. I mean, that soundtrack is in my blood and when i look at the lost boys i i i I made a post one day and i said lost boys may not be my favorite vampire film from the 80s but when it comes to the soundtrack it lays the smack down on any probably any other vampire movie i can think of that soundtrack is amazing i I, piss. i'm hoping you're reaching for what i think you're reaching for let's see it oh yeah now let's yeah. talk about that, Piz. What is that soundtrack? How, how does that? How does that soundtrack? Uh, what is its relationship to your daily life? Um, I wouldn't say I have a relationship with with my daily life,
2: but I mean, this is every song on here is just, I mean, is a banger. Every song on here is it's sexy, mysterious, uh, moody, atmospheric. Um. You know the Lost in the Shadows, which which starts the movie, is fantastic. Then you've got People Are Strange, The Doors Cover, which is just perfect. All the the montage of all the weird people at the on the uh, boardwalk. Um, of course, I still believe, which is just you know. Money. How can money straight? It's fire. <laughs> it's it's fire. Uh, Don't let the sun go down on me. The song that plays at the end. Just uh, every song on here. It, it's. I mean, the Lost Boys was really kind of lightning in a bottle, I think, because you had the right look. You had the right director giving it the right look and the right feel. And then you had a great soundtrack to just really drive it all home. Mm. So you had a great cast, great makeup effects too. That's something we've not talked about yet. The look of the vampires was something really unique too and different from uh you know, the Dracula and so on. But um, yeah, the music is just a phenomenal piece of the Lost Boys.
0: Yeah. Before we get to that, I was going to say, you know, I, I'm a massive fan. The soundtrack is my absolute favorite element. And my favorite track is actually, I I want I would love to cover it, but it's a, it's a tricky song because of just the production Uh, power play Eddie and the tide. It's a power play. Uh, I, that's my favorite song. I just love that beat and that, you know, the melody to it. Uh, I still believe was, is another favorite of mine. That was fun to play. Uh, but yeah, that soundtrack to me, it's that, that, that soundtrack, I mean, on my Spotify playlist, probably 80% of it, I've hit the heart button on. So it's in my rotation of songs, you know, Mm -hmm. Nick, I mean, that soundtrack, uh, you look like a cry little sister guy to me. Am I right? Or
1: oh the, uh, yeah i said that you know near the top of this is yeah that's one of my favorite songs of all time um but no uh the the standout tracks for me are i think piz named all of them it's uh i still believe uh cry little sister um people are strange the echo and the bunny man uh bunny man version and mm-hmm. um uh don't let the sun go down on me um and uh i I used to, I used to own the CD of it uh, when I was a teenager. Lord knows I probably don't have it anymore, which is fine. Cause I just need to buy the vinyl anyway. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah. The, the, that's one of the few. I mean, I look at tracks like one through nine, one through 10. I, I, I how many tracks are on it? Piz. One uh, is 10. I think it's
2: 10. Yeah, I think
1: it's 10. Yep. There's 10. Okay. So, 'Cause I wanted to be accurate in what I was saying. It's one of the only soundtracks I can look at from top to bottom and be like I can not only listen to every song on here, I can like jam to every song on here. So, really?
2: Yeah, I, I definitely was listening to it a lot more frequently recently because of the anniversary of the film. So definitely rocking uh, you know, Lost in the Shadows and Cry Little Sister and you know, while I'm like while I'm like painting a hockey mask, I'll just turn it yeah. on in the background
0: and mm. Well Piz, you mentioned um Excuse me. You mentioned the effects and I, I I'm very guilty of that. You know, I've never really commented on it. I've never really thought about it, quite frankly, because of the things Kind, I told you earlier that I kind of took away from it was the uh, relationship elements and things like that. I love the vampires. Sutherland, by the way, is my favorite character in the movie, hands down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's talk about that. What do you remember specifically about the uh, makeup effects uh, that were striking to you?
2: Um, I think the the first thing was really the fangs, the placement of the fangs. Because I mean, I'd seen a lot of vampire stuff, and they were the fangs were always like the canines. And in the Lost Boys, they moved them closer to the you know the the, the chompers. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like these little pearls. I remember thinking that's that's odd, but that that actually makes more sense if you were a vampire to have them a little close, little little close, not quite Nosferatu fangs, but still closer to the front, you know? Um, so definitely the things I thought were interesting and just the overall design of their faces. Cause I, I, I don't think I'd seen a vampire movie where when the, the, the they vamp out, you know you, hmm. know, you just, you see some teeth, maybe like, you, you know, Christopher Lee's eyes would change colors or something. You know, they put some contacts in Christopher Lee's eyes to make them all bloodshot or whatever with the Lost Boys, it was contacts, it was appliances to make them look demonic. Um, But still, like not I don't, I I don't want to say necessarily scary demonic, but um, somewhere between scary demonic and maybe even sexy demonic, because they were still, they were still them. They were just there you go. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You know, the funny thing about that, too, is there's a bit of trivia. Um, I can't remember where I stumbled upon it, whether it was a featurette or an interview years ago. But I remember Kiefer Sutherland saying that in the scene where they're escaping uh, their lair, you know, their cave, and he reaches to grab them, uh, grab Corey Haim, I believe it is, and uh, the sun burns his hand and he pulls his hand back and you see a tear. Um, That was a tear of legitimate, um, pain in his eyes from the, um, from the uh, contact lenses. And like he yeah. said that, that they kept it in the movie cause it worked so well cause he just got burned. But like that was because his eyes were so dry and hurt so bad because of those contact lenses. Mm, and yeah. yeah, you can look at it and be like, wow. Yeah, those are, yeah, those, those are pretty gnarly.
2: Yeah. They could only keep them in, I think for a very limited amount of time because those weren't, um, Contact lens technology has come a long way since then, so uh,
0: but they can only keep those in for a short time. Yeah. Let me let me ask you guys this. You know, I I mentioned that my favorite character was Kiefer. Uh, I believe a year previous, uh, Kiefer done has had done a movie with uh, one of the Corys. I believe it was uh, Feldman called Stand by Me. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Do you think that that really helped with this with moving forward to this movie and just that? I mean, Kiefer just seemed like the perfect foe the older cat to the younger groups. I mean, I mean, it just seems like it was a match made in heaven. I mean, Mm -hmm. Kiefer just seemed like the perfect bad guy at the time for those kinds of kids, you know, the blonde hair, you know, just bad attitude. I'm, I'm cooler than you punks. He was the Sega Genesis to their, you know, super Nintendo. And it's, you know, (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah, he had, he had blast processing.
1: Um, Yeah, but he was he was very reluctant to do the movie at first. Um, And for whatever reason, I I don't know exactly what the reason was that he was reluctant. But the thing that I mean, it works very well. So, you know, I definitely think that previous um, relationship helped. Um, And I'm glad this came to fruition because but the funny thing is the thing that got him to say, "Okay, I'll do it was um, looking at some of the artists that were going to be a part of the soundtrack. Um, and, uh, Schumacher shared that info with him. Um, and, uh, he was like, uh, cause he lived in Australia, I believe, uh, at one point in his life, Kiefer did, Kiefer did, and, uh, was a fan of some of these bands. And, uh, he was like, all right, yeah, I'll do it. Like, um, and, and that's a little known fact. I, it's weird. I, I, I loved this movie growing up. So I know a bunch of like random dumb trivia that, you know, most, most people wouldn't have taken the time to be like, oh, let's find out. But, um, I, I, but I don't know why he was hesitant about it in the first place, you know, so I, but I do know there was hesitancy on his part to be a part of, uh, on his part to be a part of the movie and uh, glad it worked out the way it did. Um, But yeah, I always thought that was cool.
2: And I, and I believe um, Schumacher actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard Schumacher say this. He saw Kiefer in at close range and Kiefer's really only in at close range sparingly, but he's in at the very end and there's a shot of him. A really cool low angle shot of him and schumacher saw that and wanted him from just that so that's i don't remember where i saw that or heard that or read that but it was more from at close range than it was from uh stand by me
1: yeah and uh the crazy thing is we conflate uh Kiefer in this movie and for good reason you know he's his presence alone on the screen in this movie is he stands out um very nefarious you always feel like there's something going on behind the scenes in his mind at every time and you don't know what it is um mm-hmm. but he has the least amount of lines of dialogue of anybody any major character in the movie and that's the and that that's the fact and that's the craziest thing is like the frog brother brothers and obviously corey Haim and michael and all them but even star has more lines of dialogue than David, but it's his presence on screen. He doesn't need yeah. to say anything. He just needs yeah. to be there. And you're like, oh, oh, I don't know about that. So, yeah, he's...
2: You, you, you can't take your eyes off of him. It's, you know, it's just, yeah, like he's... I mean, that's that's um, that's um just a gift that some people have. I mean, he's definitely charismatic as all get out. And you put, you know, that spiky platinum blonde hair on him. And yeah, you you, you know, can't take your eyes off of him. And you know, you know, like that's the bad guy. I better I better keep an eye on him. That is the
0: bad guy. Yeah. See, I, I wanted I wanted when I first saw the movie. At my age, I was like, "Oh, that's me. That's who I want to be in this movie." But was that the relationship? Did you feel that way when you guys saw this when you were little, or were you one of the Corys, so to speak? I I was, I was,
2: I was a frog brother. I was, I was more, I was more of a Corey. Yeah, I I loved. I think I'm pretty sure this is the movie that introduced me to the Corys. But even then, I mean, there was just I, I knew there was something about those two that they just I don't know they they had some sort of chemistry together and um they were they were special yeah those they were you know they were um the frog brothers and 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 sam just um yeah i mean they were the i guess you could say the the comedic part of the film because i mean the the frog brothers are kind of ridiculous i mean mm-hmm. corey, corey hame um or corey Feldman. i'm sorry uh, Schumacher told him just go watch some Rambo movies. So, literally, that's what he's doing. He's doing <laughs> Rambo. Yeah. That's Corey Feldman's interpretation of Rambo. Let me get the red bandana and just talk like, with a gravelly voice. If they vamp out on you in any way, I will stake you, you know. <laughs> so, uh,
1: yeah, I, I could lie for comedic effect and be like, nah, man, the uh, the character I really identified with was Grandpa, but um,
2: no, <laughs> it was. <laughs>
1: It was it was the Frog Brothers for sure because I don't know what it was about me as a kid but as a kid I was like I always felt like I'd be this just I don't know like yeah if monsters ever came to my town like I'd be that type of person that'd be like I'm gonna get with my buddies and we're gonna we're gonna go take care of them so like I always kind of identified with that um, I had an affinity for for Michael's character too because I felt bad for him um, but yeah it was probably it's probably Feldman. That I really identified with, and I had, I had already seen him in the Goonies, so I just I love that actor. That was he was one of the actors of my childhood that you know I just always think when I think of my childhood, Feldman's right there.
2: Yeah, I'm 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 that way, but it's 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 actually kind of more Hame for me, really. I sort of was I was more sort of I felt more of a connection with Hame than I did Feldman, but um, you know, it's the two Coreys. What would yeah. the 80s have been
0: without the two Corys? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Not you as know, fun, that's for sure.
1: Not yeah, as
0: the, fun. The last thing I wanted to say, and I could be wrong, but this is from my perspective. When you look at Kiefer Keith, Keith Sutherland, it seems like at that time, he was a megastar. I watched a movie that took place a few years later called uh, Flatliners that he did, and he's in that movie with some big players. But on the movie, he seems like the big deal of the movie. I don't know if some of those actors I don't think had really broke, broke, broke through yet and they would become massive stars, but I don't know. I mean, was Sutherland. I mean, Piz, you would know better than us, even though you're still probably really young. I mean, he must have, at the time, he was like, like the guy, right? He was like in all the big movies in the late 80s. Well, I
2: think the, there was one thing that definitely got him a lot of attention around that time, and that's that he was engaged to Julia Roberts, who was, like the it girl of Mm the eighties. So that got him a lot of coverage and got his photo in all the tabloids. And he was, he was all over the place just from that. Um, And of course, you know, he's the son of Donald Sutherland, who's a very gifted, you know, award-winning actor. And he was, I I mean, the lost boys definitely helped launch him um, into stardom. So he was all over the place in the 80s, in, in the mm-hmm. later 80s.
0: Yeah. So let me, let me just ask a question uh, right out of the blue. As we start to wind this down, going through the years with this film, a little upset that maybe that there's uh, some uh, less than sequels. Do you kind of wish that this would have been a one-and-done kind of movie and would have had its own legacy and, you know? Yeah. I, I, they could have done like a Lost
2: Girls which I think would have been interesting in the maybe sometime in the early to mid 90s now I don't think it would work the sequels that they did that went straight to video Um, that first one was just awful I don't even remember what it's called the surfer vampires that was just so bad and then the thirst which was the other one I remember, I saw it once I remember it being pretty okay but um, yeah to think that like you know uh, it 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 was, it was just sad to see like you know sequels to the lost boys a sequels to the lost boys but then like sequels to the lost boys being like these low budget direct to video kind of things just felt really i don't know i still i still would just prefer to not even acknowledge them just pretend like they don't exist
0: <laughs> yeah it's interesting yeah. you know you see all these movies with with sequels and stuff like that and lost boys was uh I was looking at the box office, it, 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 you know, eight and a half million budget and we're looking around 32, 33 million. There uh, was,
2: there was going to be a sequel. Um, there's, um, there was a, there was a scene in the script where at the very end, after the um, grandpa closes the refrigerator door and everything goes black, where we were supposed to go back into the cave you're and the cameras moving through the cave and then it comes to this mural uh from like you know way back in the day and there's max in the middle of the mural and there's a group of boys around him and that was supposed to be the lost boys you know younger versions of the lost boys Mm -hmm. so uh, eric red who wrote the hitcher in near dark uh, joel schumacher actually commissioned him to write a prequel. To the lost boys that would have taken place um it basically would have shown how david and marco and the other two lost boys became vampires how max you know turned them into vampires hmm. And yeah. uh, for some for some reason it it just didn't happen the script you can find the script online i read it years and years ago um i don't remember a whole lot about it but um I don't know. It, it might've been interesting. It just, it never happens.
1: They left David's death um, open-ended on purpose. Um, as you can tell, he doesn't dissolve and disappear, burn up. Um, and because the idea was that Schumacher wanted to do the lost girls um, and he was going to bring David back. Uh, He wasn't going to bring really many other people back, I don't think. It was going to be like more of a spiritual sequel with just David being the common link between the two. Uh, And I don't know why it never got off the ground. Um, But, you know, to your question about The Tribe and The Thirst, the, The Tribe is one of the worst horror movie sequels I've ever seen uh it was that bad and it, maybe it isn't that bad and i just felt like it was cuz i loved it's, the lost boys it's
2: it's, it's bad
1: it's okay so <laughs> no need for me to revisit it um the thirst was not a complete waste of time but it's not good um but yeah it is really depressing because i would be i would have been okay with a sequel you know i would have totally i would have been totally okay with it but you waited 20 years and the only person you could get back was Feldman and then Corey Haim in a cameo. Um and it's just kind of like this isn't even the Lost Boys. You know, this is no. this this isn't a sequel. This is a cash grab it seems like just by using Corey Feldman's name like oh hey Lost Boys Corey Feldman come you know buy this well, like,
0: movie. I mean, Which you also argue that you know this is just my opinion but I mean you could you also argue Lost Boys it's not a it's not like Nightmare on Elm Street where it's Freddy, and so you just you need Freddy and you can move along. Lost Boys is, I mean, Jesus Christ, it's 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 everybody in that movie. You know, it's not a one trick pony. You know, and that's
1: why I say it was a mistake to do that sequel twenty years later and not bring as many people back as you could. Um, you know, Ham was still alive and obviously was willing, but his part was literally only a cameo. Um, Lord knows, Kiefer Sutherland might have come back if it would have been a theatrical release, you know, big budget, serious studio behind it. Um, but they didn't care about that. They cared about just using the name and we'll put it straight to DVD and the hardcore fans will buy it. And that's what they got, but there there was not an affinity to honor the source material at all. And and you could tell, and it's just yeah. it's depressing. It didn't need a sequel. You know, this is one of those movies you you don't need a sequel. It's pretty it's got a pretty uh, effective end, but if you were going to do it, you might as well have done it right than what we got.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said, I I just, I prefer to just um, ignore those, those two sequels. They just, they didn't happen. They just didn't happen. At least not
0: in the uh, Pizal home, right? I'm assuming you don't yeah. own them. Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so as we wind down, this has been really cool talking about you guys' history with the Lost Boys. I'm glad to say I'm a fan. I, I enjoy the film now. Love the soundtrack with a burning passion. Uh, I'm going to ask both of you guys a two-parter question. Uh, we'll start with you, Piz. Um, what is the first thing you think about when the Lost Boys comes to mind? And I'm going to ask you this question simply, but elaborate, because it may be a simple... I'm going to ask it simply, but I want you to elaborate on your answer. Is it your favorite vampire movie?
2: Uh Yes. Yes, it is. It is my favorite vampire movie.
0: And what do you think is the, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you, when you hear the lost oh, voice, what's the first thing that comes gosh, to mind?
2: The first thing that comes to mind, oh, God, Um, there's so many, so many things come to mind. I mean, I see the, I see them standing on the, the top of the, the sand with the, the, the light behind them after they've killed that, you know. That party of the punks on the beach. Um, I see, um, you know, I see them in the cave, you know, eating maggots with Michael. I see the Frog Brothers and Sam in the comic book store are riding their bikes into the church to to fill their squirt guns with holy water. Um, <laughs> um, and of course, I mean the the music um, and just the overall. Uh, there's just an overall vibe about that movie. Like I, like I was saying before, the the look of the movie, the feel of the movie, um, it's it's just it's it's so in, infectious uh, for me. So it's it it's not one thing that necessarily sticks out. It's just a flood of so many great things. And of course, I think about myself as a kid sitting on the floor in the dark, you know, watching it. Or I think about my grandmother. Um, there's just so much, so many things attached to that
1: movie
0: mm. for me okay what about you nick
1: this is hard man this is hard um i'm just going to go ahead and say it as much as i love fright night and as much as salem's lot scared me when i was a kid yeah i think it is my favorite vampire movie um <laughs> and i just think that's because it's just the most enjoyable i think for me um and just the the time it transports me back to is is a part of it too but the first thing that comes to mind Piz kind of touched on it. it it's it's literally always the maggots it's always the maggots because when I saw this movie for the first time that was disgusting I mean disgusting I never I've never looked at white rice the same way again because <laughs> of this movie um and that is the thing that Always comes to mind, but after that, it's um, it's the um, it's the fight between Michael and David. Um, just because I think it's very emotional. Um, it's it's there. It's more layered than just a straight up fight. Um, you know, Michael fighting himself, Michael fighting um, who he had become but didn't want to become, but also fighting his desire to be like David, and it, it, there's just a lot there. Um and I, I really enjoy that fight and the taunting almost of David saying, like, you know, like basically embrace this, like, you know, you were made for this. Um I just I've I always loved that. Um and then obviously Grandpa coming in clutch with the save. But uh, um, yeah, I just but first and foremost it's the maggots. It's just it's just disgusting.
2: <laughs> you know, I was having Chinese food for the first time and probably since long before the pandemic and i was spooling up a nice you know fork full of noodles just before i shoveled them in my mouth i thought you're eating you're eating worms piss you're eating worms. <laughs> how how are those worms
0: piss?
1: yeah
2: so. i
0: just i just wanted to mention we've gone 48 minutes and nobody has mentioned the sax man
1: one time oh i was going to i was I, going me- to
2: I, earlier. I, I, I mentioned i still believe but I mean, I don't, yep. you know. I, I love the sax man so much that I mean, I, I got to meet the sax man. I got to watch the sax man perform. I still believe, and let me tell you, it was a, uh, it was like a religious experience.
1: <laughs> Do you know? There's like a, there was like this long running like people had questions of like how did he look so jacked and like glistening like what did they do in between cuts like to make him look like that and like he came out and said well he said he was literally just like every cut He would do like pull-ups and push-ups and stuff and until they were like all right you know action and that way he could be like sweating and veins bulging and you know christian made a a gesture maybe that had part of it too dude dude um, dude, dude,
0: he was built like a he was built like the ultimate warrior for god's sakes oh yeah yeah (laughs) his muscles had muscles (laughs) he 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 said that um
2: him and the coreys and some of those other folks on the set they they did quite a bit of partying too. So I can, I can imagine it was, I can imagine it was probably a good time.
1: Yeah. Uh, Christian, did you know that, um, Feldman was fired on day one
0: No, didn't brought back?
1: Yeah. He, obviously he has been very open about his substance abuse problems throughout his life. And, uh, he showed up coming down from a cocaine high and, uh, uh on day one, uh, for him at least. And Schumacher fired him and, uh, then the uh, next day, he basically pleaded, hey, I'll play by the rules. And they're like, all right. And he did. You know, to his credit, he did. He didn't have any other instances like that. But, yeah, he was uh, he was uh, partying uh, quite a bit.
0: Wow. Yep. Didn't know that, you know. This has been really fun. I'm going to let's do this last question or it's not really a question, but the there's this interviewer guy I like that. He always ends these interview kind of things like this. I want, I want to end it like this. I'm going to make a statement and I'm gonna have you guys finish the statement. Nick, I'm going to go first with you this
1: time. Oh damn. All right. When it
0: comes to, when it comes to horror movies in the 1980s, Lost Boys is go.
1: Essential. You cannot mention or watch 80s horror movies without including the Lost Boys. The Lost Boys is not... It, it didn't date itself. It's a classic. It honestly changed the game of vampire films and I think horror films in its own right. Um, and so I think the first word would come to mind is just essential. It's essential to that era. Okay. Yeah.
0: Piz, when it comes to the Lost Boys, and in in, when it comes to horror in the 1980s, the Lost Boys is... Essential was
2: a very, that was a very good word. I I would take it, I would actually say timeless because even though that movie is very much of the eighties, it's not like it's, it, 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 it's not like it hasn't aged. Well, I think it's actually, I think it may have aged. I think it's aged really well. I mean, if you look at a lot of horror movies from that era uh, in the eighties and I would say horror movies of the nineties probably aged even worse, but the lost boys has aged really well. And even though it feels, it looks and feels very eighties, it it it's, it, it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's got the cool factor and the cool, cool will always be cool, whether it was eighties or whatever. So I, I'm going to go with timeless.
1: I mean, there's a reason why guys still walk around with leather jackets and you know ride motorcycles it doesn't matter what what decade it is that's always synonymous with cool yeah
2: and you know people are still the the thing about the lost boys too is that i mean it's fandom grows every year um that movie wasn't like any like a huge huge box office success in 87 but over the years i mean it's just grown and grown and grown because of people like you know like us who discovered the film on VHS or on DVD and it just got in your blood. Like David's, it's like you drank David's blood out of that, that fancy bottle. And mm-hmm. it just, uh, you know, it gets, it gets up in you. And, uh, I don't know. It, um, I think it's a really special, at least to me, it's a really special film.
1: Why don't we turn the question Christian? When it Perfect. comes to horror movies in the 80s, The Lost Boys is.
0: Oh, me? Um, yeah. Uh, I would say game changing because yeah. I do feel that it definitely uh, changed the course. I mean, when you look at it, regardless of the problems that. Uh, Fright Night Two's production had behind the scenes whether the, the movie was hidden because of a murder that happened behind the scenes or whatnot. Uh, it certainly laid the smackdown on Near Dark. Near Dark was nothing at the time, and uh, I don't know that Lost Boys was the direct correlation to that, but it certainly there's no way Lost Boys helped Near Dark succeed by any stretch. Lost Boys certainly ate up a lot of people's pocket money. Um, I think it was game changing. I think he was game changing. I don't think you have buffies and and, and things like that uh after this. Yeah. So uh, game changing is what I'm gonna go with.
1: It'll be uh, thirty five yeah. years old next year, so you guys better hold on to your butts because you know a remake's coming soon. Oh, Jesus Christ.
2: I know. <laughs> it, it's the sad I,
1: reality we live in, but you know. Yeah, it's true.
2: And I, I would say to anybody out there who is not a Lost Boys fan, I would just I would I would invite them to say hello to the night and get lost in the shadows. And, um, look at him go. <laughs> there
0: you
1: go. Just there let go, go and become yeah. one of us. You're one of us. Just like,
0: well, yeah, this has been really cool. Like I said, this is really something I wanted to listen more than anything because I never grew up with this film. I never grew up with it. And, um, just very interesting because it seems like the people that grew up with this film, for lack of a better term, it gets in their blood in in a deeper way that I'm kind of jealous. You know, I uh, I don't feel like can have the relationship Piz has with it, or or Nick has with it, or others. Because, you know, I just think you can watch this when you're a kid. You watch this movie through uh, such an innocent lens, and uh, there you go. <laughs> so yeah this has been really great Uh, obviously guys thank you for watching this if you're watching this please sound off and tell us your story with Lost Boys uh, if you're a big fan of it and if you don't like it that's fine tell us tell us too just tell us why and uh, your history I always love knowing when and where you guys saw uh, big movies like this uh, very popular movies so uh, we thank you for watching this is the You Need a Horror Podcast with our special guest Piz Owl this is the second episode Piz Owl has been on so whenever Piz comes on I gotta make sure it's a great topic And, uh, Piz, I hope you had a good time talking about the Lost Boys. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And, um, yeah, just always believe. There you go. We're going to end it right there. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. This has been a production of the You Need a Horror podcast. You need it. We got it. Thank you for listening.